Who? Pastor Terry. I'm on. Pastor Terry. I need I need to tell you need to tell you so I don't know if you saw it or not. I don't know if you saw it, but I was looking. I'm on uh, Bill Johnson's um, email, webpage email. Do you know what the last email that I got, newsletter got? 2024, the year of open doors. We are tuned in. That's just a confirmation. Oh, y'all, I'm excited. I really am. Uh, I'm glad you're here. I got to... Uh, I got to do a little study earlier this week than I normally do, and as I was sitting down and going through this stuff, I'm going, oh my God, I'm not going to get through this. I am not going to get through everything that he's, he's showing me and revealing to me about our identity. So uh, I, actually, I actually wrote it down in my notes here today. Um, in fact, uh, one of my good sisters... Uh, was asking me questions about last week's uh, last week's um, teaching, and uh, I'm thinking in my brain, I, I really cannot answer that, but it's my job. It is my job. I, let, me, let me see if I can get to it. Yeah, it is my job. As I'm as I'm reading this stuff and all this, I, I feel like I'm just laying down under I don't know a waterfall. And I'm trying to reflect it back out. And, uh, but it is my job to incite you. Incite you into deeper understanding of who you really are. It's my job to urge you, to rouse you, to move to action, to stimulate you, to urge you, to provoke you, to spur you on into understanding this particular facet of what the Lord is asking us to do in this time. And I was, as I was, I, I was so excited when I saw that from Bill Johnson, and, and the Lord gave me this one too. And I think, I, I think it's, I, I think it's appropriate. You know, the doors are going to be open. And some doors, when you get to a place that's secure, when you get to the door, what, what, before you go through it, what has to happen if it's a secure place? You have to give some what? ID. You have to give some identification. In other words, knock, knock. Who's there? Who are you? Who are you? Okay, real quick. Uh, oh, and I, and I know this is good stuff, y'all. I really do. Because sometime around 2 o'clock this morning, I, I woke up and I, I, asked, I asked my wife, is it something burning? No, wasn't nothing burning. But then I woke up again at 5 o'clock and our heat pump has died. Two weeks ago, we had a fire. This week, we ain't got no heat. So I know that what you're going to get is good stuff. <laughs> so we talked about Job last week. And I hope, I hope that what we got out of that is God's loving omniscience. God's loving omniscience. God's loving omnipotence. 
God's detailing care for every part of our lives. And um, if you remember when we first got started, when we want to know who we are, we got to go back to the beginning. So we went back to Genesis, and we said that we are created in what? His image and His likeness, which is totally awesome. We look like Him, and our character is initially like Him. Now, that's not saying... Now, here's the other thing, and, and Brother Ed, was, it was great to bring this in. Today, today, from here on, we are talking about those of us who have accepted the great gift of salvation. Those of us who are called God's children. Those of us who have eternal life and our names... Are y'all listening to this? Our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And if you want to kind of just get a little... This, this always just grabs me. If you want to kind of get a little glimpse of what eternity is like, when you go outside, look up. Because guess what? You're looking into eternity. That don't stop. It keeps going. Okay, um, let's go here to, uh, let's go to Psalm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump down a little bit, let's go to Psalm 139. I'm excited, can y'all tell this, I'm excited on this one. Come here, Psalm. Gonna hang a left there at Proverbs. There we go, Psalm 139. So this is David talking. He says, Lord, you've searched me and known me. You know my sitting down, you know my rising up. You understand my thought afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down. You're acquainted with all my ways, for as there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it all together. You've hedged me behind before. You laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's, it's high. I can't attain it. I, I can't grab a hold of it. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you're already there. That already was mine, by the way. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall fall on me, even the night shall be light around me. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide me from you, child of God. I'm going to skip down a little bit and let's go to verse 13. It says, for you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous all your work, are your works, and that my soul knows right well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they were all written. These days fashioned for me when as yet there were none of them. Brothers and sisters, that's, that's some awesome stuff. There was a plan... For me, before I was even born. Before I was even born. 
And sometimes, you know, we want to try to forget. The enemy wants to make us forget that. Before we started, before we started, there was a plan. Okay, so rest on that one for a second. And let's go to uh, Romans chapter 11. This is Paul talking here, and he's talking to us Gentiles. (laughs) Oh no, sister. We're going to find out there's something a little bit different about this Gentile. You see, if you remember, God, God cut a covenant with Abraham. He cut a covenant with Abraham. Abraham was an Israelite. I don't know about y'all, but I was not born in Israel, so therefore I am not an Israelite, and therefore I did not have uh, God's attention except for the fact that he created me. I was not in his special plan that he had for the Israelites. And he said they were going to be more than the great people, more than the sands of the, of, the, of the beach, you know. He made that promise to Abraham. He did not make that to us Gentiles. However, let's see what Paul says about when Jesus came. He says, I say then, this is verse 11, chapter 11, talking about uh, the Jews, have they stumbled that they shall fall? Certainly not. But through their fall... To provoke them to jealousy, salvation has come. To who? The Gentiles. Now, if their fall is riches for the world and their failure riches for the Gentiles, how much more their fullness? For I speak to you Gentiles inasmuch as I am an apostle to the Gentiles. I magnify my ministry if by any means I may provoke to jealousy those who are my flesh, talking about the Jews, and save some of them. For if their being cast away is the reconciling of the world, what will their acceptance be but life from the dead? I'm going to get there. Hang with me, guys. For if the first fruit is holy, then the lump is also holy. And if the root is holy, so are the branches. Here we go now. Hang on to this one. And if some of the branches were broken off that being the Jews, and you, being a wild olive tree, were grafted in among them, and with them become a partaker of the root and fatness of the olive tree, do not boast against the branches. But if you do boast, remember that you do not support the root, but the root supports you. Who are you? Save child of God. You are graft in to the promise. You are graft in to the root, Jesus Christ. Now, what does that word graft mean? Anybody farmer or arborist or anything like that? Do you know what, what, what that is? You know you can't really get seedless oranges 
propagate. Why? Because they don't have any seeds. So what do you do? Well, you take a shoot, a small shoot of that seedless orange, and you cut the orange tree that has seeds off. You make a slit in that stump, and you jab down in there that branch. What happens? The root, the stump grows around it. The grafted branch actually puts roots down into it, and poof, you have another seedless orange tree. But here, a small shoot of a tree inserted into another tree, becoming part of it, okay, but retaining the characteristics of its own parent. That's special for who you are. Remember, he knew us before we were made, and then he made us. He made us special for our characteristics. Our characteristics. Why? Well, somewhere in there it says something about greater works. If y'all remember that, yeah. greater works. Mm, this is good. Now remember what I'm going to say here because I'm going to go to where the gifts are. Jeff Wells can minister to people that I would never have common ground with. If I went in to some of the places that he goes and try to give a salvation experience, it would be, you know, that would be fine. But it may not reach the people that he would reach. Why? I ain't Jeff Wells. But he will be effective because of who God made him and where God brought him through. Think about that. There are experiences and life processes that we have, that I have, that make us effective in the areas I'm going to shut up right there and let's go somewhere else. <laughs> I love it when he does this. Uh, <clears throat> let's go to Jeremiah. Is this, is, is this making sense, y'all? Okay, good. I just want to make sure I'm making sense. Don't want to lose us. Because like I say, I was laying under the waterfall and it was like, I can't get all this in. How on earth am I going to get all this out? If I can't take it in. Jeremiah 29. And I think I want to go to verse 11. Is that where I want to go? Yeah, that's where I want to go. This is the Lord speaking through Jeremiah. He says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. 
I will be found by you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back from your captivity. I will gather you from all the nations, all the places where I've driven you, says the Lord, and I will bring you to the place from which I caused you to be carried away captive. Ooh. I was... The cold tried to capture me this morning. Ain't happening. Why? Because he, he has thoughts toward me, and he knows them. Okay, all right. This is really cool. What is a thought? What does he mean by, I know the thoughts that I think toward you? Sometimes, you know, we have a thought. But this really blew me away. You ready? It's the Hebrew, and it's the word... Uh, Makashal ball or something like that. I can't speak it Hebrew. It's a contrivance. That is concretely a texture, a machine, an intention, a plan, a cunning work, a curious work, a device, an imagination, an invented means, a purpose, That's not, listen, that's not just some abstract thing when he says, I know my thoughts toward you. I got a machine for you. I have contrived something for you. I have a device. What is a device? Is a key a device? Might unlock a door. Might lock a door. Uh, within the context of what is being written, and if you know what's up for the Jews, it ain't pretty. So even in that, you've got to know that whatever, whatever, if you're his, whatever you're going through, he will turn it for good, of course, to be the image of Christ. But, I mean, really? Yeah, really, says God, really. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And he wants them, and it will happen, but now I'm going to go. <laughs> See? Whatever it is. I told you I was going to incite you this morning. I told you. I told you I was going to provoke you. That's it. That's it. Because this is the year of open doors. This is the year of open doors. We have to know who we are. And I think somebody was talking about standing. Sometimes you've got to stand in front of that door until it opens. Hmm. That's another story. Let's keep going. So he knows the thoughts. He has the devices. He, what are those devices? You want to know what they are? 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Jump there with me. you first graduates. There you are. You guys are, are quiet with me today. This must be some really good stuff. All right. 
Here we go. This is something that the enemy has tried and tried and tried and tried and tried and tried and tried to bury. He's tried to keep it from us. Why? Because Paul says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles and carried away to these dumb idols. However, you were led. Therefore, I make, you no, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. This is why I mentioned earlier that what we're talking about now is for us who are part of the kingdom. Okay? There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but the same God, who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another, working of miracles prophecies, discerning of spirits, different kinds of tongues, and the interpretation of tongues. But it's one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one as He wills. What does that say to you? Anybody? He's got gifts. He's got gifts. And not only does He got gifts, who else got gifts? We got gifts. He passes them out however he chooses, whenever he chooses. For the benefit of the body. For the benefit of the body. And for the benefit of the world. Somewhere I think it says apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And what we are looking at, I don't know if you've ever heard it or not, but you have a special motivational gift. That gift is what makes you tick. It's a particular characteristic that you have. For example, I am a prophetically motivated person. I have been um, gentled in my ears walking with the Lord because he blessed me with someone who is a mercy-motivated gift which are directly opposite. What does that mean? Well, a prophet will see things black and white, huh? If you one side just that much over the line, stop it! Or you're going to go to the bad place. Stop it! Also, 
a prophetically motivated person, when they get something like this, what we got, we want to get, we want to give it out. I mean, we just want to give it out. You cannot keep it inside us. We got to give that word out because God said it. That's a typical type of motiv- pro- prophetic motivation. Okay? That's what makes me tick inside. But I am not in the prophetic ministry. That's not my serving call. I do not speak as Isaiah spoke, although there are people today that speak, that speak that way. There are prophets today that see visions that affect the world, that affect nations, but, and see visions that affect the body, but that's not me. What you're seeing is my ministry gift. I like to teach. I like to break things apart. If you, and you guys get tired of it sometimes. <laughs> what does that word mean? Well, let's go to the Hebrew. That's part of the teaching gift. But that's part of who I am. My prophetic motivation flavors the way that I teach. Now, there's other things. Like um, gifts of healing. That might be somebody who is a mercy-motivated individual. Although I do believe I have a gift of healing as well. Um, A mercy-motivated individual might have a healing ministry. Okay? So, I am inciting you to study. To find out what makes you tick. Because... No one else can do what you can do in the body right now. Now, if you choose not to, just like Esther, (laughs) God will raise up another because his purposes will be performed. But the opportunity is ours. It's ours. It's ours to spread the kingdom and to change the world that we live in. We are thermostats, people. We are not thermometers. Because of the gift of the Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit living within us, when we walk into a room, atmospheres change, whether we know it or not. But we should know it. We should embrace it. And we should look for the opportunities to say, how are you going to use me in this place, Lord? It is important now. I didn't know I was going to say this. It is important now for us to look for that to grab hold of that, to embrace that in the world that we're living in today. We may save somebody's life just by a spoken word, an action, or something that we're listening for the Holy Spirit to say, do this. You know, you may or may not know it, but if you touch, if the Lord tells you to touch somebody, He may just want a point of contact right there. And it will affect them, either heal them or affect them for the rest of their lives because you were obedient to what the Lord said to do. Now, I was going to go through a couple of things that uh, help us, where is this thing, in understanding or, or just holding on to who we are and how the flavor is because the enemy will want to take will want to take those things and say nah nah 
You have to accept who you are. You have to accept who you are. There are some things that you can change, and there are some things that you can't. Our good brother Mike Duncan was saying, you know, as we walk, we walk as a reflection of our, our ancestry. Well, if there's some of the unsavory things in our ancestry, we're not going to change that, okay? But we can change perception as we walk. You can't change who your parents are. You cannot change what time you were born in history. You cannot change your race. You cannot change the nation you were born in. <laughs> That's it right there. I'm not going to go real long on that. But that's a disaster, ladies and gentlemen. That's, that's pure demonic. That's all I want to say. You can't change the order of your birth. And there's some characteristics about that. Um... Let me just read a, a couple of these. This is out of uh, Bill Gothard's Basic Life Principles, which I gleaned a, a ton of when I was growing up in the Lord. First of all, firstborn tendencies. The firstborn child tends to have a greater capacity to, to respond or react to authority. Uh, and he references the prodigal son, uh, the older son. Uh, oh, in uh, Israel... The firstborn was given a double portion of the inheritance to enable him to take care of his mother and to fulfill uh, other family responsibilities. Uh, <clears throat> that double portion is, is really big because it was, if you had a third, if you were three children, he gets two-thirds of it, and then the other two split the other third. That's what a double portion is. So if you want a double portion of the anointing, there you go. Second born. Second born tends to need greater acceptance and approval. To get this, he or she may be more competitive. The second born usually has a greater capacity for loyalty and tends to be very believing and trusting of other people. Can y'all see where that would benefit a flavor of a ministry? See, uh... God did that on purpose. You were, if you're a second born, you weren't second born by accident. You were second born on purpose. Because <laughs> your competitiveness may move you along faster in an area where God has put you. Your loyalty may reward you in an area where God has put you. Okay. Thirdborn. The thirdborn tends to be more independent, sociable, and persuasive. Do I hear a salesperson in there? He or she will often be more influenced by older children in the family than by parents. So those are just a few of the flavors 
that God designed in us and in the gifts that he has given us into who we are. Nah, y'all don't count. (laughs) Y'all don't count. (laughs) Oh, actually, if I I remember correctly, um, if I remember correctly, now, this is what I said. I said, I'm inciting you to do the research on it. If I remember correctly, it repeats the tendencies after the fourthborn, I think. Is that right? Do you remember, hon? I I think the tendencies tend to repeat. In other words, uh, the fifth born would be like the first born, but I could be wrong, but that's my recollection once you, once you start getting into great families like that. You got any word on that, bro? I would just say that I would hold all that very loosely. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. That's painting very broad strokes. Oh, yeah. And there's other studies that would kind of throw in different stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm just, giving, just giving a little illustration. Thank you for, for reminding me how broad that really is. Ah. So, um, as, I, as, as, I'm, as I'm talking about this, and as, as I'm seeing this, there are doors that are going to be presented to us this year. Each one of us. And and I say doors, multiple. Who are you? Why should you walk through this door? Why should this door open to you? Who are you? My name is Lee Moss. I am a child of the Most High God. I am saved by the Lord Jesus Christ. He is my brother. And not only is he my brother, he's my friend. Because he said so. I am a prophetically motivated teacher in the kingdom of God. And this door will open for me because God said it would. And everything behind this door is mine. Mine to use as he instructs me to use it. Some of it may be for me. Why? Because he gives good gifts to his children. Why? Here's another one. I'm a tither. What does it say about tithing and giving in the kingdom? Anybody? It will what? Press down, overflowing, shaken together. Will it be given to me? Why? Because I am a tither. Did you hear that? I am a tither. Sometimes you got to get right belligerent. Sometimes the enemy is hard of hearing. Sometimes. And as our pastor said last week, sometimes you got to stand in front of that door. 
Well, how are you going to have the strength to stand if you don't know who you are? If the question comes up, who are you? How are you going to be able to stand if you don't know who you are? I've been given a gift. I'm a child of God. And sometimes that's all we have to hang on to. Yes, sir. Amen. Thank you for that clarification again. But as we all know, as we all know, what they say is when they're training bank tellers to tell the difference between real money and fake money, what do they do? They make them count the real money over and 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 over. And then one time they'll slip in a counterfeit. Think of that scripture says, don't let the world squeeze you into its mold. Yep. And, you know, peer pressure, even religiosity, you know, this group thing, everybody has to do this, you know. And you really you really have to dig into Yep. He didn't go along with the religious people today. He heard from God. I must needs go through Samaria. And we're going to have to do that too. Yep. We're going to have to find that path God's got for us. We're going to have to travel it and not let the world quit trying to be like somebody else. You know, don't be like Hollywood. Don't watch, you know, I want to be like that. I want to be like John Wick. I mean, what are we, what are we going to do here? You know what I mean? I what, who are we trying to be like? You know what I'm saying? Tune in next week when we'll go back to that one. Um, I just wanted to say on the, on the counterfeit thing, this is why it is important for us to get grounded into who, cre- who God created us to be and why, why he has treated us so specially. Because just like you were talking about, brother, we, we study those, we keep studying those real bills. And then when the enemy comes in and flings a counterfeit in, we'll recognize it just like that. Now, here's one other thing uh, before we go that I think is very important. And this is part of the tools that we may talk about a little bit next week. When Jesus was asked a question, when Jesus was asked a question, a great majority of the time, How did he answer? With a question. 
a lot of the time. Well, look in the, look in the, look back in the Garden of Eden. Did Eve once question the identity of the serpent? Nope. She gave up ground. Oftentimes when someone asks us a question, we automatically assume that we immediately need to answer it. That is not so. Sometimes we do, if it's a you know, superior or someone we know. But if there is someone that asks us a question, it might be to our benefit to answer the question with a question. Who are you? Think about that. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for the awesome opportunity it is to meet together, to sit at your table and, and to dine, Lord, on your precious and awesome word. Father, I thank you for these people who are awesome, that, you're, that you've created, that you have given identities and gifts, and purposes, and plans. I ask, Father God, that you awaken the, the desire, Father God, to, to see that even more. I ask, Lord, that you bless each of us this week. And I thank you for the word, Lord. Words that were mine, Lord, take them away. Words that were yours, Lord, sow them deep. In Jesus' name, amen.